for my first year as a freelancer, I did struggle with this. I really struggled with um, just calling myself a freelancer, to be honest, or a freelance copywriter. I thought, well, this wasn't what I was doing before. I was a web developer. Now I'm doing this. It's this constant kind of back and forth. Like, this isn't you. <laughs> Even though I felt like it is what I should be doing, it's because the story wasn't quite right. It's like, well, what are you doing? My mindset was um, quite flawed in the sense that I was stuck in this nine to five mindset. So sitting down nine to five nine to five every single day more hours equals more work and it didn't work and pricing that came down to mindset as well because what that really comes down to is you don't really believe in your work enough so you need to really kind of look at these things and say well why do i think that and really kind of break them apart and sometimes it's new to need to kind of call yourself on these stories and say no no that's not true at all um yeah just tell yourself more empowering stories Welcome to the Happy Entrepreneur Podcast. This is a podcast for people who look at business differently. It's for founders, freelancers, change makers, and freedom seekers who want to make money, do good, and be happy. We choose the path of the happy entrepreneur not to get rich, but to express ourselves and serve others in the most authentic way we can. Many of us couldn't find our role by working for others, and so we chose to work for ourselves. We took the more uncertain path, not because we wanted to, but because we needed to. We value learning, play, and friendship, and we have a need to make a meaningful impact in the world. By following the path of the happy entrepreneur, we learn as much about ourselves as we do about business. On this podcast, I have conversations with other happy entrepreneurs from different walks of life, industries, and countries. We talk about the journey and about what we learned about ourselves along the way. For us, entrepreneurship isn't just a way to make money, but a journey of self-discovery and growth. If you're on the same path and are looking for inspiration and connection, then this podcast is for you. Working for yourself for the first time can seem like a scary step. You go from the safety of a regular paycheck to the uncertainty of not knowing where the next job might come from. But some of us aren't built for the nine to five, and we crave the autonomy and freedom of being our own boss. And so we accept the uncertainty and take control of how we work. In this conversation with freelance copywriter William Lythe, I hear about his journey from employee to self-employed. He shares that while switching profession and learning a whole new skill set was a risk, it was a bigger risk to stay where he was. Originally a developer, Will changed direction and found work that gave him flow. He followed the path of becoming a copywriter and along the journey has learned as much about himself as he has about his new profession. Some of the things he's learned, he put into a blog post called 10 Pitfalls to Avoid as a First-Time Freelancer. That's when I reached out to him and asked if he'd join me on the podcast so that we could share his 10 bits of wisdom with you. Enjoy. Uh, Hello, my name's Will. I'm a freelance copywriter specializing in conversion copy for online educators. So that's mostly writing copy for websites, landing pages, email marketing campaigns, uh, for anyone online selling educational products and services. I've been doing this for four years now. Uh, Before this, 
I um, somehow ended up in web development, um, which I'm sure we'll talk about today. I knew from my first day doing it that that wasn't the job for me. But um, yes, I think a lot of people will <laughs> sympathize that when you're in a job and uh, you want to go freelance, they just never seems to be like a good time. So um, yeah, I wrestled with the idea for quite a while, but then I kind of reached a stage where I thought enough's enough. Let's just um, go for it and see where it takes me. Cool. I think um, it's interesting to maybe uh, sure share a bit of that idea of enough's enough and what it was that was um, getting too much. Sure. Well, I never knew what it was that I wanted to do. And this went on for many years. I was always kind of jumping jobs, doing this, doing that. And then some of my friends were doing quite well in uh, web development jobs and they showed me some of the things they're working on. I could see myself doing it. And when I started doing it in my bedroom, like learning at the weekends, like when I was looking to get into web development, I thought, yeah, I can see myself doing this. And um, as soon as I actually got the job at the agency, it just like the pressure was on. <laughs> it's like deadlines, fix this now. And it was fun for a couple of weeks. I thought, yeah, I'll kind of get the hang of it. But I realized that it was kind of like a losing battle. Like I would spend all this time learning this stuff and then the goal post, uh, the goal post would move and I'd have to learn something else. And um, it was really intense. And I kind of thought to myself that they'll get to a point where this will become easier and I'll be able to just kind of relax a bit and do some great work. But yeah, it just always felt like a battle. Like I enjoyed being there. There's great people around me, um, great perks. We had the pool table, we had the beer fridge, we had all that stuff. And as soon as I um, came back from the Christmas party and I got the realization that, okay, this is your job now. Um, you did it, you got the web development job you wanted, but now this is what you do from Monday to Friday. This is it, this is, you're a coder, you need to learn all the stuff, language after language, put it all together. And yeah, it just kind of got to a point where I can't fight this any longer. Like I just find this job absolutely exhausting and yeah, I just need to do something else. I like, um, so what, something that resonated when you said is like uh, being able to do some great work. And uh, I remember my experience of, of sort of doing development and coding new languages, new systems, having to get used to that. Uh, and it'd be like a client would come along. This is the way our agency was. Um, the agency I started off in was kind of uh, ran itself is like give us something and we'll learn it on the job and we'll try and fix it for you type thing and I found that a quite stressful but also b is like I never got a chance to really sink my teeth into a specific language and just really become a master of it if that makes sense and I don't know if that's an aspect because I think of the book there's a guy a book called drive by Daniel Pink oh yeah and um this idea of what motivates people at work and he says those three things autonomy mastery and purpose so i was wondering maybe through the that lens of autonomy mastery and purpose is that something that you felt that was missing in your work yeah um all three <laughs> to be honest yeah but i think what you first said about being able to like sink your teeth into something that was the most frustrating thing it just felt like it was always putting out fires so we're creating apps uh, for this, for that. And then on a Monday, I'd start working on something. And be, oh, no, we're, we're doing something else now. Now it's going to be turning into this. I was like, okay. So I was like, always starting over again, starting over again. 
and as I was new to the job, like it's, it's a learning curve. There's different languages involved. So some days you'd go in thinking, great, I, I'm really good with PHP. I can get on with this. And then the goalposts would move a few hours in and then you're in learning mode again. And it was just the most bizarre thing that I'd leave work and on the underground going home just thinking, I don't even know what I did today. I just sat down. It was a whirlwind and now I'm at home again and then same thing tomorrow. And yeah, that was just frustrating after a while. I just, I just never knew what I was in for when I went into work. And some people really love that. They love having a problem to solve. And I do too. But what I mean by doing great work, I like sitting down and getting into a flow state and getting to a point where it's ready to send. Like I couldn't do, couldn't add anything more to this. I'm happy. This is, this is done. I'm very confident the client's going to like it. Might be one or two revisions as normal. We're just sending one or 2,000 words over. And um, yeah, that kind of satisfaction was just like missing from web development for me. It was just always putting out fires or um, just having to learn something from scratch. But it's always fun to learn something new from scratch. But when it's like every single day and they're difficult things to learn, it just all kind of became a bit too much after a while. I just realized that this isn't going to change. <laughs> it's just quite simply uh, not the job for me. Yeah. There's a, I really resonate with that in terms of the, the things I used to remember is like, um, having to get something fixed a not on one hand having to learn something new then fix it and having to have done it yesterday it's like yeah gotta get it done we gotta get it done. and you need to tell us how long it's going to take i thought well this is the first time we've actually doing this how am i supposed to know how long it's going to take yeah I mean, it's, it's a bizarre job in that sense so my second agency that i was at is a team of about 100 and wow. this is only about five or six developers and we're like the only five six people that know how long these things take so you have this bizarre scenario we got project managers saying oh, i'll just be ready by tomorrow and you're like no way about 10 tomorrows maybe like <laughs> it doesn't work like that and then yeah so it was uh, just a crazy struggling act and doing the job itself and managing expectations and fighting with project managers saying that's not enough time or you've overquoted that's too much time and yeah it was just that the flow state that was the thing it kept coming back to i could never just sit down and do my work it was just constant juggling of tasks now there's a because interestingly the way I, I hear this there's there's part of this issue of um well part of the what i what you're talking about is this kind of uh you say you like to learn new things so there's always this idea of learning new things and and um and the uncertainty that that comes with learning because it's you know you never know it, you're always do, you're doing something new and so there's an element of dead ends and failure and inverted commas as part of that process which um done at your own pace done in a way that you want to do it is a joyful experience when you are in a situation where there are expectations put on how quickly you're going to learn something and how you're going to deliver how that suddenly changes the energy of that process yeah pressure's on <laughs> pressure's on and it's yeah. like and it's and and it's like you know we can put pressure on ourselves like you know as you as a as, as a freelancer now working on your own work you know without that pressure that we put on ourselves it's very easy to just push things till tomorrow and the job never gets done but then there's also the pressure the um again this is me maybe projecting and 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 experiencing a bit of ptsd or that world of like um the that felt like the um what's the word um i was gonna say it's not irrational but this kind of 
this, this unreasonable expectation and also the switch suddenly it's tomorrow suddenly it's yesterday you know you never knew where you stood and so you're always in this heightened sense of of fight or flight type thing i don't know if that makes sense to you yeah and that's what caused me to burn out big time so there's a few kind of conversations going on in my head from the first day i took on this web job in the first place just thinking one like this is natural like you'll get the hang of it and then it was like the nagging voice, like, no, 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 you're just in the wrong job. You should quit now. And then uh, the third voice was like, you're being a bit entitled here. Like, you've got a job. It pays well. Like, what are you complaining about? Seriously, like, works hard for everyone at times. Like, just like, get on with it. And sometimes that voice won. And I'd have like two or three days of work's going quite well. Uh, social side of work was good. I'd have a rare couple of days where I like, given a project I could just kind of get on with with no problems. And then, um, yeah, after a, a couple of months um, of just like bad day after bad day, I was just stressed all the time. And I think that was the scariest thing. I realized that my sense of humor just went, <laughs> just started to change as a person. I was just permanently stressed all the time. And um, it's a scary thing because I didn't really know what I wanted to do next. So you just keep going to work, waiting for it to blow over. But um, it didn't. But it was just that realization that, so it's like a sounds a bit dramatic, but it's like a health issue now. It's not healthy to live like this, being in that state all day long. I mean, London's a hard place to live anyway. Even if you love what you do, it's a hard place to live. Everything's that harder. It's a longer queue for your coffee. There's a longer commute. Everything's just that little bit more intense in London. And yeah, it was just that realization that this is a bad spot to be in. It's interesting you, you talked about those three voices in terms of um, <laughs> the way I interpreted it is like. Um, the the deep down the thing you knew that you needed to do then the thing that you thought you should do which is just plow on because you should and then the judgment because okay you know stick it out be a man you know <laughs> grit your teeth you know stop being a wuss <laughs> and how that yeah. all those three voices the, the inner conflict maybe is a way to put yeah. it yeah definitely yeah yeah, it's exhausting. <laughs> I mean, like, the uh, energy that takes up you essentially there's, there's those three voices going on in your head, and that's energy, mental energy that saps yeah. away from your creativity and flow. Yeah, and it was my first desk job as well. So before her job's always running around, and that's where your energy goes in that job. So you're running around and whatnot. But it was like a very different kind of energy. You're sitting down nine to five, and you're coding, so you can't talk you're, you're in the zone you're trying to figure things out and then yeah you've got this um, intense mental dialogue going on <laughs> and uh yeah like a very different kind of uh energy drain yeah and and like you said at some point you needed to stop it sounded like it was it, it was and, and correct me if i'm wrong from my conversations it it wasn't so much as a free choice anymore it was like your body and your mind saying no stop is that correct yeah. So every time I went out, I realized that my friends were kind of the same things like, are you okay? You seem a bit, seem a bit of this, seem a bit of that. And I kind of brushed it off. Like, oh, I'm just tired. But then it's like, well, I'm always tired these days. <laughs> I'm literally always am tired. There wasn't like really any plan with the job. It's kind of just keep going. There wasn't like um, anywhere I was looking to get to. There's just no vision for the future whatsoever. It's just kind of keep going to work and hope things would change. And that was really silly. Um, I should have quit a lot sooner. 
But um, the big question was what to do next. And what finally um, caused me to move on was um, I got to work with a team of copywriters at that second agency. And I just said to one of the guys, so what is it you actually do? I know writing's involved. What is copywriting? What do you, what do you guys do? Do you just write blogs all day? And they're like, oh, yeah, some blogs. But, yeah, we sit down and come up with concepts and ideas. And, yeah, it can be anything. And I was just like, wow, how did I not know this was a thing? I thought to make a living from writing, you had to write books or be a journalist. And, yeah, I went home that day thinking, wow, this could be something. I, could, I can see myself doing that because – yeah, flow state, it's writing. I've always enjoyed writing. And yeah, I knew it was like a matter of time. So I was thinking, what do I do? Do I quit my job right now? Um, do I look for an in-house job as a copywriter and then transition? So I slept on it that night. And then as I went to work the next day, I thought, you know what? I think the time's gone to do things like the right way or the sensible way. I think I just need to go into this 100% right now. So I quit my job. I gave my mum a call and said, do you mind if I live with you for a few months? Um, I can't do this job anymore. It's burning me out. I found a job that I want to do. I've no idea how it's going to go. I've bought a few books. I've spoken to a few people. I'm going to take a few courses. I'm just going to go for it. And it was like a really scary thing. I remember when I packed up all my things and a friend drove me down. I remember like, the journey was like, a load of traffic. And I was thinking, I wish it would take like, an extra one or two hours. I wish it would stay in traffic that bit longer. I wasn't ready to face the reality of like, starting over. But the first day I sat down and started writing and contacting companies, it just felt right. It was scary. Um, no idea what was going to happen, but it, it just felt right. It just felt like I was in the right place. And it might take a month. It might take six months. But I don't care. If it felt like I was finally on the right path. And, yeah, it was a good feeling. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. That just that contrast, even that, those stories of of tired and and pressured to, uh, and still even like <clears throat> even in the work, you like not not having that much autonomy. Then to this place where this felt right, I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to commit. I'm going to do it. I'm not sure where it's going to lead, but I'm going to trust that that's the right thing to do. Yeah, there was one book, actually, I forgot to mention last time we spoke that really uh, triggered some things in the in a good way. I think you know, actually, I think I've seen her on the Happy Startup website before. Is it Marion Control? Might pronounce her name horribly wrong. Uh, she wrote... B- oh, Marion Cantwell, Free Range Humans. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really great book um, for people like me or people well, when I was in the place I was when I read it when you are just kind of stuck in a nine to five and you're kind of looking over your shoulder thinking for something better, it does a brilliant job in kind of debunking the myths that keep you stuck in those nine to five. So we tell ourselves that going freelance is very scary. You're going into the unknown, your job's safe, but then you start to think like, how safe is it? Like especially now with Corona, that's like a whole other layer on top of it, but how safe is it? I mean, you've got your notice period, which is one week, one month, if you're lucky, three months and that's it. And things change. And if you're not loving your job, chances are you're not that effective. And eventually you might lose that job. So if you're not loving what you're doing, like how safe is it really? So it's very easy to say is keep going to work and you get your guaranteed paycheck, but it's not guaranteed. And then when you tell yourself, well, at least the work's always there. If it was that company's going, the work's always there. If you're a freelancer, you need to always be looking for work. So, well, your boss is always looking for work. <laughs> so there's always little lies and 
that we tell ourselves and that book did a great job and kind of making me realize that yeah there's no certainties either way and you start to realize that well actually i can see myself really enjoying being a freelancer um, i love writing or graphic design whatever it's you want to do if i'm feeling good and really going for it then i actually feel a lot safer doing that even though it's more uncertain because it's new to you you might feel better going to feel healthier happier and then yeah everything opens up you can earn there's no salary cap you can take your business wherever you want it and yeah as soon as i read that book i thought okay this is a this is a goer i think i did i think i emailed her actually oh fantastic yeah oh that's great to hear. and it's that <clears throat> i think what was really interesting what you said is this perception of the perception of what it could might be like and that fear around that perception um uh and then the other thing that came and sprang to mind this idea of um resilience being able to actually step into that place of uncertainty and i know i'll be able to cope i'll be able to sort something out i'll be able to deal with the, the uncertainty here um i got that sense and, and the other thing is what covid has kind of woken some people up to this idea like actually we're not as safe and as certain as we thought we were and the people who faced adversity and and uncertainty on a regular basis particularly if you're freelancer running your business i get that sense that you're you can be in a better place to deal with that yeah definitely and it's a muscle like it gets easier the more you do it and when like i say like i was looking to make the transition i was so burnt out and this this feeling like well what what's the worst that can happen like, i'm already in a bad place i already hate my job and it's already a matter of time before i lose it because i'm just i'm it's not a good fit for me i know it and i think my employers starting to see it so yeah you just need to be resilient i mean we're all we all get tested at times whether it's a work or something else and i was already at my parents so moved back there I thought well what is there really <laughs> this the is only way is up yeah exactly it's a cliche but it's true i mean all the fears that you're going to have it's just experience they'll go away like this it's easiest time ever to be freelance everything's if you've got a laptop and internet connection you're laughing it's scary but if you keep going when it's scary someone else will quit it's going to get easier for you <laughs> you could just hang in there yeah um there's a kind of i think there's also a shift in sense of perspective and uh, when you talk about you know it's uh you know all, all, i think if you're if you're in the safety of employment and it feels like okay um uh there's this this perception that okay I'm, i'll always get paid there's a risk of losing that and so this perspective, this this kind of sense of perspective, like oh my god, I can't go there because it's so scary and so difficult. But when you're in a point of actually like this, you know, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> it's like this is this is bad enough already here. Like if I go into that uh, into the world of freelance and 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 working for myself, I can, you know, it's, it's it's has a different quality in the end. The, the fear isn't as great or it's, it's just compared to where you are now it just it might as well try it yeah and then once you get over that you start to realize that all the things that you really want <laughs> you can get from freelancing because you are calling the shots and you have the autonomy to go in any direction you want so 
after a while, once you've really kind of thought about it, you realize that you know, this is something you need to do for you. every area of your life. It will improve. You can get it right. Nice. And so just to, briefly for people who are considering making that transition or starting a new path, um, you're essentially rebuilding your career. Mm. Totally acquiring a whole, I'm guessing, maybe you already did some writing in the path, but acquiring a whole new, whole new skill set, new clients. And, a, you know, just maybe talk briefly through that journey of going from never being a copywriter to then getting your first client even. Sure. Well, I'd always love writing, like I said, always jumping from book to book. And I used to write just to kind of calm down. Was, I found it like some kind of hypnosis, just having an idea and getting it down. And I just started writing copy for friends. So I think I posted on Facebook one night, which is really nerve wracking because I was like always jumping jobs and people, oh, it's good to see you're finally settling down, doing your web development thing secretly. I was like, oh, I can't stand it. So I think one night I had a couple of drinks. I came back. I was like, you know what? I need to do something to kind of just try this. So I put on Facebook saying something like, uh, looking to get into copywriting. Does anyone need any copy done for free? And two people rate, uh, reached out straight away. And yeah, I wrote their website copy. I remember sending it a really nervous, like, oh, this is embarrassing. I hope they hope they like it. And my friend sent me back a really nice email saying, oh, we absolutely love it. And it was like live straight away. He's put it live. And um, yeah, and that meant something because that was his business. That wasn't some joke. Like that's a website he's paying to have live. He's putting his time and money into it. So I was like, wow, he actually liked it enough to do that. So I just kept doing that. And then I started... Um, it became my side hustle. So I was using all these websites, which in my humble opinion, you should never use uh, like uh, Upwork and whatnot, which we can talk about later. But um, they were helpful for me at that time because it didn't make sense for me to go all out and take on a giant project. If I didn't enjoy it, that could be a disaster. So I started very small looking for people who just wanted one or two emails or one page for their website. And then it kind of got to a point where I was going, okay, but all the things I've done, they've gone really well. I've got testimonials. I've enjoyed it. Let's just, let's just go for it. I just, uh, right there and then I registered as self-employed, uh, made my website, which obviously you have to do because I was a web developer. And this is the thing that there's so many ways to do it. Um, there's so many approaches you can take. So when I first started off, I, I just started cold emailing companies. Um, I was very honest. I didn't use any like copy and paste templates or anything like that. I just said, hey, um, I'm a copywriter. I'm just starting out. Here's some of my work. And I was amazed at how well they did. I actually landed some really good clients. I got like a retainer straight away, uh, 20 hours a week. Uh, not a great amount of money, but I didn't care about money. It's just like I want to just pay my bills and have enough money to buy a coffee at the weekend. That was success for me at that time. Let's just do something I enjoy each day and then build it up from there. And then, yeah, I, I, I achieved that. <laughs> I paid my bills. And then I started sleepwalking into the problems, which uh, caused me to write that blog post. So it's a really difficult question to answer because there's so many ways to do it. A lot of mm. people, they've been a web developer or a graphic designer at a company for years and then they become a freelancer and they go straight back to that company, but they're still there, but now they're a freelancer. So uh, my way was um, just doing it on the side for free for friends then doing it on the side paid through uh, job websites. And then I realized, okay, enough's enough. It's going well. Let's just mm. start contacting companies and go for it. 
And so what I get from your story, it's, it's, it's because it's a shift. It's, you know, it's not so much I'm a web developer, I go freelance, but I'm still doing, doing web development. It's actually I'm going to change the, what I actually create, the value that I create for people. Um, and there's a, there's a kind of a, a, a what I heard was like a testing approach. I'll yeah. try this, see how it goes. Not only, and this is my interpretation, it's not only in terms I'm, I'm testing out whether I'm good enough, but also I'm testing out whether I like it. Is this something I'm going to enjoy? And that's the feeling. And then, then there's this building up of not only confidence in your skill, but I also hear a confidence and this is the place for me. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah, for sure. Because I've had a few things before that rocked me. I remember I used to be like really passionate about music, playing guitar all the time. Then I went to music college and it completely killed it. Uh, playing guitar kind of felt like a chore when I got home from college. So uh, I dropped out <laughs> and that uh, scarred me a bit. And then when I got into web development, like I ne- it never really clicked with me, but I made a career out of it anyway. And obviously that didn't work out. So yeah, I kind of learned my lesson. I thought, well, got to try these things like um, let's just see how it goes and copywriting just turned out to be this like perfect uh, blend of like I'm passionate about it but not it's not like a burning passion where I need to do it every single day I get like a sense of satisfaction out of doing a job well and like I say I can get in a flow state writing it so yeah that was the test just thinking can I see myself doing this five days a week um, and just testing the market as well because copywriting is quite a strange job in a sense like there's no kind of proven path to do it all the copywriters i know well it's like 50 50 split some of them like me just started it with no prior experience whatsoever the others were journalists first and then kind of transition so there's no kind of set path into it and a lot of people were saying like oh they don't get paid very well um it's saturated again those are just those are true and they're not true like you can make that true or it can be false it's it is what you make it. The copywriters, they get paid $5 an hour. The copywriters, they get paid absolutely thousands. So that all comes back to you. It's your business. How are you going to market yourself? What are you going to specialize in? And yeah, the only way to really kind of know is by testing. You can read all the books. You can do all the courses. I think we all fall into that trap. We just want to get as much certainty so you can turn up on day one and go, right, I'm ready. But it doesn't work like that. It really doesn't. And the more you read, the more you forget the you other things you've read. So you've got that recency bias going on. So it's just taking that first step, which is really difficult. It is difficult. Um, I think we all fear that we're going to start something and we're just not going to get any clients whatsoever. And then you're going to crawl back to your old job and be like, oh, yeah, it didn't work out. <laughs> we're all terrified of that happening. But I don't think that will happen. I mean, if you're looking to go freelance, chances are you believe that you can make it work otherwise why on earth would you be thinking about it if you thought you were 100% destined to fail so just start small just start where you feel comfortable and you will learn things very quickly and it will improve uh, the way I'd, um, I'd frame what you did is that these were little little experiments and yeah just to see all right you had an assumption you're going to test it out experiment experiment and and I think the other layer I think that I see from your journey is tapping into certain needs and I get a sense there's a need for creativity and um, uh, and I would also say a need for peace because you talked about flow mm. and why I would maybe interpret it like it's like when you're in a flow state that you, you're in the right place you're not worrying about where you need to be you're focused on being present and I, I associate that 
to you know sense of peace when you're when you're doing something like that there's you don't feel like there's any anxiety to be anywhere else because you're you're doing what you need to do and then does that make sense yeah that's exactly it so i think part of the frustration of web development was there's all these moving parts it's like you need all these different tools um collaborating with project managers and designers all day there's just so many moving parts and i just felt like i was just one part it's quite frustrating i didn't have that much control and you're trying things they're breaking you're trying them again but with um writing like it's a very simple job in a sense that we've all been writing since we were kids it's just getting it all together just um if you're writing a blog post make it entertaining if you're writing a sales page about a product explain the product make people want to try it and just kind of that perfect balance like it's a problem to solve but you've got everything you need in front of you you've got the keyboard like <laughs> you've got a brain just um working it out and that's what i really enjoy just knowing that you've got everything you need you just need to kind of sort that puzzle and not worry about downloading plugins and all this stuff and yeah it's it's frustrating at times but it's like a positive frustration in a way like i know that now i can figure this out yeah. and i'll take a break i'll have a coffee and so i got it i've got my hook and then i'll get one headline down so i've got it now i know where i want to take this page and um yeah i really enjoy it i mean every day is different all projects are different and i've never really had like a, a day doing this where i feel i hate this i'm in the wrong job there's frustrating days of course but always feels like this is kind of made for me in the way that i work i i am so with our work one of the things i i find useful is looking at looking at the businesses we create and the work that we do um the actions basically these re require as actions to satisfy some underlying needs um these emotional needs that actually give us energy and meaning in our work and what springs up for me with like we said before there's a need for creativity a need for peace but also this need for power in your world this you know this is all i've got a keyboard my brain it's going to be difficult but i'll be able to deal with it and it's uh, this real sense of and freedom in a sense and autonomy um that's for me then sounds that in the sense that i they're like the building blocks of the dna of the work that you need to do is yeah. that fair yeah for sure because i think again <laughs> i keep coming back to web development but there's sometimes i would create things and the project manager would say oh i don't think the client's actually going to use it it's like well that's <laughs> it's not very inspiring <laughs> and now it's the complete opposite so i work very closely with online coaches and entrepreneurs and they're all in they're all in they're creating these courses they've taken weeks months years to put together and have these meetings and they're really talking to me passionately like, well, i want it to do this i want this is the kind of person um, we're looking for and i just really enjoy taking this notes putting it all together and then presenting it to them and they're like oh yeah this is exactly it and just knowing that that problem solved that they had this need it's fixed and yeah you just get to see it work because i'm marking myself as a conversion copywriter so everything i do has got a clear goal to achieve and yeah, it's um, very simple in that sense. I have a problem, we talk it through, and then, yeah, I get in my writing cave, spend mm. a few days, once a weeks, and then, yeah, send it, send it over. I can, I can see now why, to some certain level, coding 
was appealing to you that that whole is like there's a problem you need to solve it i just need to find the right solution and and come up with the way best way to do it yeah that was kind of i thought there was like some hope when i was getting into it i thought i would enjoy that side of it and it always sounds like i'm let's say web development is terrible and i'm not it's like an amazing job like they run the world if you can code you can do any you can go anyway like for any company you want and that's one of the things that really attracted me to it but it's just the job itself. Like I really love reading. I just admire like when someone gets their idea across perfectly or tells a story or whatever it is. And I could just never find that flow state with coding. There's very brief moments. Maybe if I'd been doing it, if I kept doing it in like 10 years, maybe I'd get to that stage. I wouldn't know. So that's a big gamble to take. Um, <laughs> the 10,000 hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And if those 10,000 hours are utterly miserable, is it really worth it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, one of the reasons what's kept me in the job for quite a while was I thought, well, maybe more money will change things. And I learned before my first day that that wasn't going to change a thing. So I remember I went through a recruitment company and they said, okay, we're going to go for this figure. And I thought, yeah, I'd be very happy with that. Cool. And then I had my interview. And then he called me that evening. So we'd like to offer you X. It was even more. It was like 3,000 more than that number. And I was like, wow. And for like 10 seconds, it just felt amazing. It's like, wow, I did it. Amazing. And then it was just like huge nosedive. Like, oh, well, cool. That's what I get paid now. Now I just need to do the work. And um, it was just realizing that I tricked myself. I thought, no, the money will make, will change it. It'll be good. It's like, no, it won't. I got used to it the second before I even received one paycheck. I thought, okay, that's my salary now I need to do this um nine to five and yeah it was it's kind of over before it begun <laughs> well i think that's that's quite a, a, a telling and also deep insight um uh, that i believe many people don't have they still feel that the money is going to they're going to give them whatever it is that's missing whether it's happiness or status or success um and what i really love about your story it, it's there's something else there that you're looking for and there's and it's a feeling not necessarily a a, um, a point in time or a, or a place though saying that and i think this is where i'd like to segue a bit into why i so i came across your work and then i was really fascinated was these these kind of these 10 pitfalls that <laughs> uh, freelancers need to, to to be aware of and so I think what we have in terms of this conversation is this journey of like, okay, making the switch, changing to this other path. And you alluded to it before, but then there's these things that you became aware of. Um, and so what, what would be nice is maybe to let's go through each of those and what they meant to you uh, to hopefully provide some insight for, for the listener. Sure. number one yeah let's go with number one Uh, this is i love number one because it's one of the things that we we feel is really important okay yeah so simple one uh not knowing what success looks like so i think this post in general like kind of comes down to the fact that i didn't say to myself when i started that i'm starting a business it was i'm going to become a freelancer (laughs) and i kind of see those two things is the very different things in my head 
a freelancer with someone's okay i will do this job i'll get paid for it thank you very much on to the next one that's kind of what freelancing kind of was to me in my head obviously a business owner is like a very different thing so when i first started like i said earlier i was very scared of putting my website up uh, marketing myself telling all my friends that this is what i do now and then crickets no work just sitting there that was terrifying to me but luckily that didn't happen um i got lots of projects and that kept going for months and months and months and then it was when my first retainer client ended where i was, um, gave up my 20-hour week retainer which was a good thing it's a kind of it got a bit stale and i wanted to take on more projects in a different direction then I was kind of thinking well what do i actually what do i want to do who do i want to work with um had an idea a few weeks ago but now that i've actually parted ways with this client like who am i going to contact i've got my laptop in front of me you can contact anyone in the world pretty much like what do i want to do uh, how much money do i want to go for uh, how many days a week do i want to work and so all these questions and what was kind of dawning on me that yeah this isn't there's more to this just finding the next job finding the next job if you really want to make a career out of this and get the uh the freedom the finances the time all the things um, you really wanted um do you even know what they are yeah. <laughs> so yeah that's interesting because i think what that a tangible level as well for business owners and freelance for anyone you know trying to get clients when you have that clear idea of like you said how much time how much how many hours do i want to work a week and who would like i enjoy working with most and what's kind of the impact i want to make um it helps with positioning yourself you know you now know all right what how much do i really want to charge you know what level of client are they you know how do they perceive themselves how do i need to be perceived for them and that for me starts to give a bit more focus to the messaging uh and the way of working is that right yeah it's a difficult question but when you really break it down it makes things so much easier it answers all the questions that are in this post pretty much yeah awesome and then um when you do have a clearer idea of who you want to work with and the next thing is about communicating it i understand <laughs> it is yeah that's a good segue uh, so the second one was uh, no elevator pitch which is a really embarrassing one when you're a copywriter who writes a lot of elevator pitches and uh, value props for a living. So again, this falls into the same trap of when just looking for work all the time, you're not really focusing on yourself. You're focusing on fixing clients' needs all the time, which is great, but it gets to a point where let's just say you work solidly for six months going from client to client. Let's just say you have a bad two or three weeks. We don't have any clients. Like, well, how do you get someone's attention? How do you stand out? Because there's millions of freelancers just like you. Well, not just like you, but they're like you in the sense that they're looking for work. But does anyone have any reason to pick you? Because it's going to go on price or whatever else they feel in the moment. There's not really much to go by. So it's that realization that, yeah, I need to stand out here. You think that it's like this um, really unhelpful story we tell ourselves if i niche down i'm limiting myself you think that okay if i call myself a copywriter for SaaS companies well then i'll miss out on all these other opportunities but it's just not true because that's the big secret of a niche you can call yourself that you still take on other work so you're not missing out and you've got a target to aim at whereas when you don't have an elevator pitch and you just call yourself a copywriter just to 
generic gun for hire it's so hard and actually that's limiting yourself because like i say no one's really got any reason to choose you over anyone else yeah it's this rising above the noise and, and one of the things that i remember someone's talking or even asking us uh, as the happy startup school is uh, who are you and for whom and and the clearer you can be about that then the more likely you're going to appear on the radar of those people and the more likely you're going to spot who those people are i'd say yeah and it's a refining process like i don't know anyone that gets it right right away you want to polarize people you want to get something down put that on your linkedin put it on your website and then see the conversations you're having like who starts contacting you you take on those projects and if they're great then fantastic uh, keep going but um, if they're not then um yeah refine even more and uh see how you go so then there's um you know the having a clear direction who you want to work with but then making sure that you're always a bit focused or you're always focused on doing the things that need to be done um and so you had your next point on uh, aligned actions yeah so it's very easy to set goals and then say yes to projects or things that take you the other direction <laughs> it's always do the same things like uh fear of like we don't want to turn projects down that's the thing like, we start we tell ourselves we need to get work we need to get work and then when you get to a position where someone brings a project your way you don't even anything else lined up you don't want to say no to it you feel like you have this need enough stuff to please everyone but it's not the way to go um you just find yourself taking a project you don't want to do and that's not good i mean occasionally it's inevitable you can take on a project that isn't the best fit you don't know that till you start but if you're constantly taking on projects thinking oh i'm writing about solar panels now i'm writing about this you're gonna it's gonna chip away your confidence after a while and then what's the point of being freelance if you're doing jobs that you don't want to do in the first place so yeah it's kind of drawing that line in the sand and saying okay i want to earn this much money i want to work in this niche and just taking the steps that are going to get you there and it's not always going to be easy sometimes you want to say no to some clients um you might be too expensive for some people but that's fine it comes comes back to that resilience just knowing that quite simply that they weren't the client for me so it's kind of re-pivoting and going a different direction yeah and that's that's i think the hardest thing most people find is hate, saying no uh, and that's where i think the rubber hits the road and you're kind of living your values rather than laminating them and putting them in the drawer so i will act based on what i believe in rather than oh i'll just bend the rules now and see how it goes and next yeah, thing you know it's a slippery slope <laughs> we've had that and it's uh, and more often than not it ends up you spend up spend they become less profitable jobs because you spend more time dealing with issues rather than actually you know getting the work done yeah and the happiness advantage of that isn't like a joke that's a real thing like the studies are clear so when you're taking a work that you enjoy you're going to work faster you're going to just going to do a better job and the best way to get more work is to do a great job simple as that the client will really hire you they'll refer you so yeah it's um it's a sneaky one <laughs> a sneaky trap to fall into so when you once you once you've got that flow and and the, and the work is coming in then there's this idea well from my perspective not always reinventing the wheel and being able to have processes is that right yeah so the fourth one in the list was having no systems 
So when I left my last job, um, I was just so used to using like a million tools for everything. And I just really love the simplicity of, like I said earlier, if you're a copywriter, Google Docs or Microsoft Word, like that's it. Open your email, find work, <laughs> and then uh, write it, deliver it. I just love the simplicity. And like I say, I started off as a side hustle, so I didn't need all these fancy tools. But when writing is your full-time job or whatever your full-time job is, and you're looking for work, you're managing projects and you're marketing yourself, you're going to come unstuck. You're going to be making things harder for yourself if you're just living out of your email and living off post-it notes or whatever it is you're doing. You need to invest in these systems. And yeah, they come with a learning curve and might take a few weeks of jumping from one thing to another. But when you find your groove, like it's incredible how much time and headspace it saves you. So my biggest frustration my first year probably with freelancing was just that lack of visibility. So getting all these conversations on LinkedIn uh, via email and then I'd log in on a Monday morning and be right, where am I again? I know I'm working on this. I know I'm speaking to Jeff on Wednesday and it was absolutely exhausting. I'd have my lunch and then come back and be like, where am I again? Oh yeah, I'm working on this. And I didn't want to use a CRM because they looked terrifying, but I was like, well, I need to give it a go. I downloaded the free version of HubSpot. And yeah, it took like a day to get my head around, but just honestly, like it's like life changer. Like, all of the worst parts of freelancing just gone. <laughs> I just uh, log in. Okay, that's where I am. I'm working on these three projects. I've got a proposal to send to this person, and it just makes your life easier. So yeah, you just need to kind of get over. Like yeah, they come with a learning curve, but you just get to do your best work once all those annoying things are crunched down into to-do lists and systems. Then you can focus on what you do best i i think that's one of the challenges i think with i would assume many people in our community who consider themselves consider themselves creative entrepreneurs is this idea of putting in place processes and systems can feel like a drag and and feel quite boring i quite love structure and it's one of those things that it isn't because i i'm 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 a bit of a control freak but the other thing is it the freedom like you said it gives you that you don't have to devote so much time and energy trying to work out where you are next or what needs to happen next is like okay that's the job i need to do next now i can spend my energy on making it happen rather than scrabbling around and uh, background processing of what am i missing here exactly yeah and it's a hard thing to get excited about first oh order how exciting but (laughs) but uh yeah once you really kind of invest in these things yeah you get more of the things you want and less of the things you don't want and, and, you know, that's very much around for me being effective as, a, as an entrepreneur or a freelancer in your work. Um, and there's this aspect of uh, people wanting to be busy rather than being effective. And I think it kind of leads into your next point. Yeah. So uh, number five was wasting time, box ticking. So just kind of getting caught up in tasks that, you say to yourself, oh, yeah, um, this blog's really going to help, but <laughs> you know really that it isn't. And um, so the reason this started, like, when I first started copywriting, like I say, I just contacted companies via email, and it worked really well for me. I landed most of my projects that way. And then I joined a co-working space and made some friends there, and I saw the things that they were doing. I thought, oh, yeah, I should do that. And, yeah, I started um, writing more blogs. I started creating Facebook ads and I was doing like a really bad job on all of them. I wasn't committing hundred percent. So I'd write 
two blogs that um, I believed in and they did lead to work. And then be like a Wednesday afternoon, I was waiting for someone to review some work I sent over. I had two meetings the next day, so I thought, well, it doesn't really make sense to look for other work right now. Let's let's do something else. I'd write a blog and it just wouldn't be good enough. I knew it wasn't good enough, but I would publish it anyway. And then so oh, I was good. I wrote a blog today, that would help. I was like, well, no, you know that wasn't good enough. That's not standard I usually um deliver. So yeah, it's a sneaky thing. Like, I see everyone do it. Like one of my uh, best buddies is um, a graphic designer, and every time like he panics, so he doesn't, doesn't have enough work, he like takes these uh, cold email templates and sends them out, and it takes him like hours to do, and they never like do anything. It's like well, there's a better way. So I know it feels good to like tick the box and oh yeah, I tried doing some stuff to bring some work in, but like really, I think sometimes we do these things and we know that they're not enough there's a better way so there's an aspect of uh kind of stopping for a bit and just really considering rather than filling your time with busyness is actually really being more considered about what's the best thing to do right now yeah it's accepting that you're not a nine to fiver anymore like like you say like more hours don't equal more work because sometimes it's a cliche but the most productive thing you can do is to step away because that's when you make silly mistakes is when you're tired and overworked. You can, oh, what next, what next? So yeah, it could be a case of take the rest of the day off. You've got tomorrow lined up. You've got some work coming back. You've got meetings in the pipeline. So yeah, to take the day off, come back tomorrow mm. fresh. Or um, yeah, if you do need to secure some work or whatever it is, okay, well, I sent 1,000 cold emails that didn't come back to any work. So I think it's time to um, ask around. Um, investigate take a course uh, do something mm. else yeah and so there's um uh you know on one hand is knowing when when to step away and when to when to in a sense give up you know stop trying to strive and push hard uh but i feel like the next point is also knowing when not to give up is that right yeah which comes back to the uh so I said that's strange. <laughs> it comes to the next point as uh, bailing on plans too soon. So with, with anything you do, like it doesn't happen right away. So I see this all the time when I work to co-working spaces. So people will create a new marketing strategy or a new value prop, and it's constantly tweaking it and scrapping it, starting over again. Like these things take time. If they really do, so. I started marketing myself as a SaaS copywriter. It took about probably about a month, I'd say, to bring like a regular flow of clients in that niche. But I remember my first week, I was like, oh, it's not working. Change now. <laughs> it's not enough SaaS businesses out there. You play all these games on yourself. And yeah, you just need to get used to the fact that it's going to take time. So just create a plan, commit to it, see it out. And yeah, review it and uh, repeat if it's working if not don't <laughs> well that's it i think there's, there's a level of patience that you're talking about there so like you know some some of us can be very much in a hurry if it's not working yesterday then you know that's it's 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 broken um but then there's another aspect that i think this is the fine balance of then not banging your head against a brick wall thinking okay was it einstein's definition of madness is doing the same thing expecting a different result each time uh, yeah. and so there's that real yeah, it's, it's it's it's. I think it must be it's, it must be part practice, 
but also part self-awareness of, of why are you trying to do the same things again and again or why are you giving up too soon yeah and um yeah so you're talking there about the whole marketing yourself and trying to get work in once you do get the work in uh to be a sustainable business you've got to make sure that you you're confident about your value and your worth uh, and that feels like the the next next point you want to give it is yeah pricing uh, by far the most difficult thing for me personally and everyone i speak to says the exact same thing i talk about mind games this is the one that messes with you the most so the reason i struggle with it so much is because i started like i say on these websites which um, i don't recommend you ever use ever um, like at work and whatnot and i wanted to be cheap just to test the water like risk-free i didn't want to get myself into a massive ten thousand pound project and then hate it and have to refund it or anything like that for start very small and then it goes great and you think okay well how much do i charge especially as i didn't have any in-house experience prior i had this really bad like imposter syndrome or how much do i charge right okay people were saying the work's great but what does the market say like what's expensive what's cheap it's just words anyone can write and had all these um, conversations going on in myself so and everyone everyone's different so there's basically there's three options you can go with uh, competitive pricing average or premium and most people i thought as well you kind of think like well competitive's kind of you're going to get more work if you're competitive if you're cheaper than everyone else but then you start to realize like no you're actually going to really miss out it doesn't matter how good you are so if there was like a car you wanted for ages and you went to five car dealers and if, oh yes, great. You test drive them all; they're all great. And then one guy goes, "Oh yeah, mine's seventy-five percent cheaper than the other ones." You're the race of my brows. Well, I actually preferred your car out of all the other ones. Why is it that much cheaper? And you can't put your finger on it. You just don't like it. You don't want to go with it. And that's kind of what you do to yourself. Like, and I think when I started out, I think I lost work because I was too cheap. So I kind of got past that. And then when I started jumping around niches. That makes it even harder. So some niches pay a lot more, some pay a lot less. I find that American clients tend to be okay with paying higher rates. Maybe it's me being unlucky. Well, not unlucky, just depends who you're speaking to. But always felt talking about budgets and stuff with US clients. Um, they were like, great, let's go all the way. Yep, let's do this full sales funnel. And yeah, it's a difficult thing when you talk about pricing, especially when you have like a long meeting. It's like, okay, here it comes. We're about to talk about pricing. <laughs> so now I don't talk about pricing in meetings. It's rare that I do. Like I think I've done like a good enough job of my onboarding process that they kind of roughly know that I'm going to be more expensive than the average copywriter by the time they get my proposal. And that seems to be getting me the yes more times than no, um, charging more than googling what the average got the average rates are for a copywriter because you stand out and the client knows that they're gonna they're likely to get some great work because someone's putting stuff out there this is my price this is why this is how i work and it's just more assurance um and you get to do your best work as well because when you're charging competitive pricing or not charging enough you're not charging enough so you're always going to be looking for the next job for the next job 
and you're just constantly running around. So how can you possibly do your best work in that state? You've got this scarcity mindset on one to the other. So when you charge what you're worth, you go, great, I'm getting paid enough. I can do my work. I can deliver it. I can have a couple of days of doing other things and not stress about work. I know the money's there and clients happy. I'm happy on to the next one. And yeah, every now and then, like for whatever reason, if you've taken a week's holiday, you think, oh, okay, I need to find work again. There's always going to be that part of you that wants to get the yes. You're going to want to drop your price, but it's no, don't drop your price. If everyone says no to you, then okay, it's probably time to drop your price and to look why that is. So you might be a great copywriter or great whatever you are, but you might not be showing that in your website or your onboarding process. So yeah, it, it's it's a really difficult thing to get right. But yeah, I think you need to get out of the trap of undercutting the competition, thinking that's the way to go, because it really, really isn't. <laughs> mm. No, and what I heard there's very much about being confident and, and how that yeah. confidence um, rubs off on your customer. Uh, and if you're not confident, how that actually uh, backfires because you're, they don't then feel that you're worth, well, they, they, the, um, they perceive you, uh, perceive your work because it's cheaper as a, as less valuable and there's less, uh, less high, lower quality, even though you might be really good at what you do. Yeah. And the whole value thing, that's what it all comes down to. So when you do something five days a week, you kind of forget the value you're creating at times because it's your normal. It's like, okay, I create websites, I write copy, I create graphics. And then, of course, you're not the one reaping the rewards from that because you give someone their sales page, they put it live, and it makes them thousands and thousands every single month, possibly five years. So you need to be paid for that. But why not? You're, you're writing it. So, yeah, just charging your time, that's charging for your time doesn't really make sense. So yeah, you need to charge for the value of your work. Mm, totally. So uh, the next point, which is quite curious, tell <laughs> us more about that. So point number eight was hiding. So again, this comes back to playing it safe. And yeah, just, just kind of exposing yourself really to the internet, to the world. <laughs> so when I left uh, web development, I was just completely burnt out. I uh, wasn't very social. Like I said, I was living at my parents. I started over. I didn't want to be, have my face all over the internet, have a website. I didn't want to do all these things. I didn't want to have video meetings. I just wanted to do the work. That's it. I just wanted to be a copywriter. Again, it comes back to just being, being a freelancer and being a business owner. But again, the same problems came up. It's hard to stand out if you, they can't put a face to the name. If you don't have a, you have a basic website it just makes it harder again like they don't know who you are you're just a copywriter you're just this you're just that and it's a difficult thing because it's new ground you don't know what's going to come back and i've always kind of thought myself as quite introverted and people seem to tell me that all the time and started to get in my head a bit thinking well this isn't me so i don't want to be fake i don't want to put myself all over the internet but i don't want to do it and didn't happen overnight. I didn't go from having no one online presence to everything. I've just kind of being a bit more okay with giving myself permission to, okay, I'm going to post this. I'm going to make a website. I'm going to do this. And it just makes your life easier and it's more enjoyable. And you just have to explain yourself less. You can just be yourself. And 
it makes it easier. You're going to attract more of the clients that are a good fit for you and you're going to turn away the ones that are a bad fit for you before a word's exchanged. So it's the best thing you can do for your mm. business to make it easier to attract, win and retain clients. I think there's that issue that some people find self-promotion really icky and kind of like, yeah, they don't want to be that guy or that girl. Yeah, it's a difficult thing, especially like the internet. Like we we all have a fear of being that sleazy internet business guy because, but it's just one of those things that there's a, there are good doctors, there are bad doctors, there are good copywriters, there are terrible copywriters. So, and again, like um, if you, be yourself and you market yourself authentically then people are going to go okay this is a good guy clearly i can see his testimonials i can see his face i can see him talking about copywriting passionately for 10 minutes he knows what he's talking about so you're kind of undoing all these objections people may have about you and yeah when you get on a sales call you're not gonna be like right who are you what do you do well, nothing about you <laughs> so again we, we kind of say that i want to play it safe and just just do the work but as i know it's actually making it a lot harder and and i think the other i'm quite keen on this bit of it as well because it's also important um to think of it as a service because you're helping your customers find the right people without you talking about yourself and and talking about why you do your work the way you do and how you do it you might there might be people out there who could really need your help specifically you because of the way you work and who you are but we'll never find you because you you haven't given them that chance of finding out or giving them a place to find you at exactly yeah i actually got a told a really good analogy about this the other day so i went to this course and this guy was saying like it's your duty to help people that's your job it's your duty to help people so he said imagine you're a doctor and um, you see someone walking around they've got a broken arm <laughs> And you know you can fix it and you know you can do a great job because you've fixed a thousand broken arms. But why would you leave him suffering? He might go to someone else, they might put it on backwards, you know. Like it's, it's a silly way to think about it. But yeah, it's true. Like if you if you're confident you can do a great job and you have done in the past, then uh, yeah, put yourself out there, help people, because yeah, there are a lot of people out there that'd be happy to say yes, take the money and do a terrible job, and then yeah, that's that's not good for anyone. So mm. yeah, it's kind of put yourself out there. And I think easier. that's for me maybe part of leading into the next point you know the idea of putting yourself out there is the fear of the exposure of what that means um I don't know if that's related to, to what you wanted to on your ninth point here yeah so yeah number nine was avoiding risk and that's what it all comes down to so I didn't want to start freelancing because the risk was too great of not having any work and all these things but then you start to realize that well not taking the risk is riskier because if you're thinking about doing something you want to do it it's probably a reason because you're not in the best place so putting it off it's not going to help and it becomes easier the more you do it so you can tell yourself oh yeah i'm going to send a proposal and then you realize that when you've spoken to a client there's actually it's not enough what they want they need something extra again oh, i don't want to write that proposal what if they say no like i need this i want to work with this client so i'm just going to do pretty much what they said just going to pretty much recite the whole call and put it in a proposal but uh no if you think this is not what they want they need this extra thing put it in the proposal stand by it write assertively and say this is what we need this is what it's going to do for you and 
I'm confident I can get you this result. And yeah, that's going to stand out. And you're probably going to, okay, you might not get the job right there and then, but you know what? I think that's what we need. We speak to this person again, they might come back to you the next week or the next month. And I've had that happen so many times. Every time that I've just played it safe and gone, oh, you need this? Okay, yeah, I can do that. They're always at the so-so jobs. Like I've submitted it, but there's this sense of I could have done so much more for them. That's the most frustrating feeling. Hmm. So, yeah, you need to take the risks. And everything's a risk. But if, like I say, if you're thinking about doing something, there's probably a reason. So I remember when I first started, um, didn't have a great deal of money because I just left my job and didn't have anything lined up. But need a new laptop. Well, that's a risk. It's uh, quite a few hundred. I've got this tiny little Chromebook. Maybe this would do. So, I don't know. You need to go for this. Like Chromebook's not enough. That was a risk. But then straight away, first month, made the money back. So you need to constantly keep exercising that muscle. Like you need to take risks. That's what being an entrepreneur is. And yeah, sometimes you realise that nah, it's something you need to do. Yeah. Everything work out right away, but you'll learn so much from everything you do. And you are gonna it's especially when you're a freelancer, you're working by yourself quite a lot. So it's very easy to kind of fall into the cautious trap of oh no, I'm just gonna sit here, keep doing my work. But you need to evolve, you need to stand out, and that involves taking some risks. It's um it's uh, what I hear there's is also growing that comfort zone. And and the more you take those risks and the more you habituate yourself to that fear the bigger your comfort zone grows and, and the more able you are to do other things and, and expand that. Um, uh, but that really takes a sense of resilience and also kind of, I believe, a bit of self-care, uh, which I think leads into your final point. Yeah, so the final one was um, not making your mindset a priority. So, so we've all seen it. There's always, you see it in sports, you see it everywhere. Like you can be like the most talented anything but if you're doubting yourself or your mind's in the right place it just never works out well you're going to burn out you're going to waste time and yeah for my first year as a freelancer I did struggle with this I really struggled with um just calling myself a freelancer to be honest well a freelance copywriter I thought well this wasn't what I was doing before I was a web developer now I'm doing this it's this constant kind of back and forth like this isn't you <laughs> even though I felt like it is what I should be doing is because the story wasn't quite right. It's like, what are you doing? And um, it's a stubborn thing to shift and there's no right way to develop the right mindset. It's just kind of absorbing lots of books and just kind of learning through trial and error. My mindset was um, quite flawed in the sense that I was stuck in this nine to five mindset. So sitting down nine to five, nine to five every single day more hours equals more work and it didn't work and pricing that came down to mindset as well because what that really comes down to is you don't really believe in your work enough so you need to really kind of look at these things and say well why do I think that and really kind of break them apart and realizing that certain amount of it's kind of normal that we all have it but sometimes it's new to need to kind of call yourself on these stories and say no no that's not true at all um yeah, just tell yourself more empowering stories. And for me, this is core to all of it for personally and, and the reason I do the work I do and why the Happy Startup School exists is that aspect of self-knowledge. 
when you're yeah. able to understand what's stopping you from moving forward or why you're scared or why you get that sense of imposter syndrome, why you're not being confident, even where, you know, you're, you're in the wrong place and you're, and you're not doing the work that you're doing. I think all of that is part of just understanding yourself as well as understanding the market and the work and how you can do in one sense, they're both parallel journeys, but at the core of it for me is that self knowledge and, and shifting or evolving of mindset. Um, and that I, I think of Carol Dweck's book um, mindset and the idea of growth mindset versus fixed mindset. And as an entrepreneur where you are always learning, uh, and accepting that there's always change and there's always space to 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 do new things and not fearing that and thinking of that as a an exciting journey rather than oh my god it's really scary out there and what's going to happen next that for me is really the strength that you can that helps you carry on and and to evolve and and to try new things you know you start as a web developer you're now a copywriter who knows what comes next but you're always learning and always trying uh, stepping out it sounds like the comfort zone is always growing yeah definitely and um it's a difficult thing right away when you realize that well it's all on you as a freelance everything's on you how you market yourself the quality of your work you've got no one else to blame it's all on you and that was like, really terrifying at first but after a couple of months i was like, thinking well actually this is good it's all on me <laughs> you just kind of build that resilience well this is a good thing. Like if um, I do a project doesn't do great, well, fantastic. It's time to get better. Let's learn the lessons and get better. And yeah, it kind of becomes addictive after a while. You realize you just kind of call yourself out for these stories that you tell yourself. So you might be in like a Slack group with other copywriters and they're talking about how much they're charging for something. And it might be a lot more than what you're charging. Like, wow. Why don't I charge that? You look at someone's work and think, what's, it's very similar to my work and the same thing and their work that I haven't done. And then think, well, I don't want to charge that much. So, well, why not? <laughs> and it all like it always comes down to mindset, that stuff. So yeah, it's, it just feels like a superpower when you can call yourself out on these things and realize and that it all comes down to mindset all the time, everything in this list, it's all a mindset thing. Amazing. Yeah. And I go, there's really this, you know, I, I get this real strong sense of now the space of freedom, creativity, exploration. Um, it sounds like the freelance life is, is working for you. Yeah. I can't ever see myself going back, to be honest. Um, I'd never rule anything out. You never know, as we found out in 2020. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it does just seem like this is just meant for me. So obviously it was tough in the beginning as um there's always going to be all these new things to learn. But the hardest thing for me about being a nine to five was just that lack of autonomy. So sometimes we take on a project, I think, no, I don't think this is a good project. I don't think this is what the client needs. That was frustrating to sit there and work on something I didn't believe in. I found it frustrating to be told to work nine to five. Sometimes I, I don't work those hours. I usually do as a freelancer, it's roughly that. But every now and then I wake up and think, oh, I don't feel like it today. I'm going to work later. And I do great work that day. So just the whole everything about the nine to five just seemed like it was always kind of going against me. I was always going against the grain and yeah, freelancing or being self-employed, uh, self-employed, whatever you want to call it, being a business owner. It was just kind of really learning to love that. It's all up to you like for better, for worse, the good things, the bad things. Like you have a giant say in all these things that are going right or wrong. And 
yeah, I, I kind of relish that now. Like I've, I've thought about potentially in the future, like growing and adding some more people to the team. But I think that's quite a few years off yet. I really enjoy just being all, <laughs> doing all the job, all the work myself. Awesome. Well, it sounds like you're in a great place. And uh, I, I get the sense that you really know what success looks like right now. Um, and, and you're open to evolving that for the future. Yeah, so my like uh, vision of success has like changed every year. So when I first started, like I say, it was just just pay the bills. That's success. Just pay the bills doing copywriting. And then the second year, it was make X a year, and then I achieved that. Not I didn't achieve the full salary in one year, but in that first month, I'm like, okay, we'll do this every month, and it will be that. And then it was finding my niche, and I've actually enjoyed it more every year that's passed and yeah i know what success looks like at the minute um i seem to have got the balance right i'm enjoying my work and yeah i've got a few ideas for the future but i don't think i'll be acting on them for a good few months yet as i'm really enjoying the clients i'm working with and yeah found my flow so to speak fantastic and so if, if people wanted to find out more about your work because i think they now know more about you and um, uh, I'm guessing that people will vibe with uh, what you're, you've been talking about. Where, where would you like to point them to? Uh, my website, which is uh, William Life, which is spelled L-Y-T-H, copywriter.com. And um, on LinkedIn as well, uh, just Will Life and have a Medium page, um, which I'll share in the show notes. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Well, I really enjoyed that. And I, I'm... I feel there's a lot there that, that any budding freelancer or people who are on the journey you know, or business owners, early stage business owners, um, they're going to get a lot from that. And at least a sense of, I, I'm not the only one feeling these things. Yeah, you're definitely not. And you'll feel them. You'll always feel them, but you'll learn to love them after a while. Like, like I say, you'll begin to love that they're all up to you. You have ownership so you can fix all these things. And yeah, like I keep saying, it, it definitely gets easier. Thank you very much, Will, for your time. It was a great conversation. Oh, great. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Happy Entrepreneur podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Also, if you'd like to learn more about being a happy entrepreneur and want to connect with more people like you, then go to our website, thehappystartupschool.com and subscribe to our newsletter. Amongst many other things about business and life, we'll help you answer the following questions. How can I serve others by being myself? And how can I discover who I really am by serving others?